Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Shalom Yudim, Shalom Lebenei Noach, Shalom Goyim. It's the evening of the fourth day, Erev Yud Beis B'chodesh Nisan, Parashas Pesach, Tavshin Pei Beis 5782. We have the third day, Tuesday, 12 April 2022. You're listening to Phantom Nation Podcasting on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Coming to you from the failed attempt by the post-religious Zionists to end anti-Semitism by creating a normal state of normally non-religious people modeled on the post-Christians in 19th century Europe who scoffed at religion. In this edition, we will offer some substitutes for expressions common in Herzl's Judenstaat, his State of the Jews, not to be confused with a Jewish state, uh, that is, those faithful to almost 4,000 years of religion unmatched for its longevity when compared to all others. For example, Israelis commonly refer to those, refer to those who murder us all the time uh, in their massacres of defenseless people slain in ambush. They call them Palestinian terrorists, when I say this could not be more inaccurate, because there's nothing Palestinian about these people. One might as well call them Hottentots, but there's nothing Hottentot about them either. And as for being terrorists, their goal is less to spread terror, meaning extreme fear, than to slay the most evil people in the world, the Jews. And all we'll need to confirm this assertion is log on to Palestinian Media Watch or Memory.org and click on any of their preachers, listen to their sermons which are right out of the 7th century, in which the Jews are plainly public enemy number one, just as it says in the Quran. And notice, too, the garb of these Muslim holy men, likewise right out of the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, the Dark Ages, which, by the way, were so nicknamed because Europe was literally a lot darker than usual because the spread of the Muslim empire blocked the import into Europe of olive oil, which left the continent depending on inferior wax candles, this is according to John Glubb, the pro-Arab British officer who led the Arab Legion in 1948. Now it's called the Army of Jordan. In crossing the Jordan River to conquer Judea and Samaria, and in particular Jerusalem, where he led the expulsion of all the Jews. But of course, no enlightened types accused him and his troops of ethnic cleansing. That accusation is reserved exclusively for us Zionist, the perennial villains. We also will object to the term Palestinian militants, when a more accurate term would be calling them homicidal, suicidal Muslim maniacs. Basically, these are the same people who brought down the World Trade Center. In Israel, I think there have been over the last 20 years hundreds of such demons, barbaric demons, who shout out in the last moment in this life, Allahu Akbar, <clears throat> and they never shout out, long live Palestine, because in truth, Palestine has never meant anything to uh, Muslims and Arabs, despite the propaganda. Hello, I am Walter Bingham. If you want to hear the news behind the news and the true perspective on world affairs, then The Walter Bingham File is the program for you. We bring you interviews with the movers and shakers, political commentaries, and on-the-spot reports of events as they happen. All here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Israel Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And it's all archived on our website. Make it a date. Thank you. 
Shalom Yehudim, shalom lebnei noaf, shalom goyim. It's the evening of the fourth day, Erev Yud Beis B'chodesh Nisan, Parashas Pesach, Tashin Pei Beis 5782, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 12 April 2022. You're listening to Phantom Nation, podcasting on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, coming through from the failed attempt to end anti-Semitism by having created a normal state of non-religious people, like the enlightened in the 19th century, who scoffed at religion. So last week, uh, three more Jewish men in their prime, ages 27, 28, and 34, were sacrificed on the altar of Islam's essential Jew hatred. That's the fake Judaism of these Hamitic Ishmaelitic savages. These Arabs really are people lacking in any human empathy for others. They believe they have the right to murder any Jew in this country. They have the right to throw rocks at Jewish wives and mothers driving by in their car. Happened yesterday again. A windshield shattered... Shards and splinters of glass sprayed in the side. No problem, and that's because she is a Jewess, and all Jews are the vilest, evilest people in the world who stole Palestine from the Palestinians. These people really believe this? It's what they teach their children, these illiterates, who seem never to have read a serious history of this country, in which no Palestinians uh, ever lived in it. No matter, history is what you want it to be in their minds. This way of thinking is also on display in the infamous 1690 project of the New York Times, written by a black woman who, as a woman, is more in touch with her feelings than men are, and if she feels that America is so racist, inductively it must have been launched as a racist enterprise from the beginning. And I think this woman also wrote uh, that uh, the American Civil War, uh, whose centerpiece was freeing African slaves, for which some 300,000 white men from the North gave their lives for this noble cause, that, that, that it began in 1865. No, dear, it ended that year. This is the mind of our Arabs here. History is ultimately one people's opinion versus another's. Uh, this was the essential position of Edward Said, the late uh, Edward Said, uh, not a moment too soon, my old professor, and a Lebanese imposter who pretended to be an ancient Palestinian refugee, which he never was. He argued that the birth of the state of Israel after the Holocaust may have been a heartening tale of uh, like the phoenix rising from the ashes, and wasn't so for the Palestinians, the victims of Zionism, whose country, the Jews, uh, stole from them and turned them, this indigenous nation, into refugees. Never mind that the overwhelming number of Arab refugees in 1949 were not native to the British mandate for Palestine at all, but migrant workers from all over the Middle East. The locals who had property to defend did not run away, and most all were left alone. The eviction of some Arabs, truly driven from their homes by Israelis, uh, had to be driven because they were located in a strategic, uh, strategically important place uh, that this uh, tiny people needed to fight for its survival. What Edward Said did was to turn 650,000 Jews versus 30 million Arabs in 1948 into the criminal aggressors even though uh, it was like a half dozen Arab armies uh, that invaded the infant Jewish state to destroy it. It was that Israel had invaded Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, Iraq, Egypt. It was racist, fascist, apartheid, imperialist colonists who were the aggressors and the bad guys, according to the current narrative. This is the version of history, a.k.a. the narrative today in the minds of these primitive people and students in Western universities who don't belong in these schools of higher education for believing in the lunacy uh, of uh, such a vision of the birth of Israel. It's functionally delusional, lunatic, 
a word derived from the Latin luna, derived, I think, from the Hebrew livana, the moon being a symbol of Islam, the moon that produces nothing. It's a dead world that can only reflect the energy of the sun, where every second nuclear explosions equivalent to 100 million tons of TNT go off. Islam is nothing but Judaism stolen from the Jews, whose devotees preach the Jews stole it from them. And that is why three more fine-looking, solid, young Jewish men, one of them just engaged, another the father already of three little ones, now orphans, uh, they were murdered uh, last week on Tel Aviv's mini version of the Champs-Élysées, Dizengoff, shot dead by one of these truly sub-civilized males with the physical body of a human being, but the spirit of a wild, conscienceless jackass. That is the vision of our sages, I believe. I think the Ramban, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman of the 12th century in Spain, I think it was he who pointed out that in Hebrew, uh, the expression is translated as wild ass of a man, pere adam, which is ungrammatical Hebrew. Something's wrong. It should be adam pere. Hebrew, like lots of languages, if not English, sequence a noun, a substantive, and its adjective in that order. In English, we say white house. In many others, it's house white. So peradam is a deliberate message that Ishmael's substance is his wildness, modified by his human appearance. In fact, pera is an adjective, wild, but also the name of a wild donkey, an undomesticated wild one. Unlike uh, those animals Arabs ride on this day, where I live, they still use donkeys to transport uh, things to sell and other objects. A pere is a wild, undomesticated animal. As such, he does not have humane human animals. He thinks nothing of shooting defenseless people to death. Indeed, if he thinks anything, he thinks it's an act of holiness. Among these savage Arab Muslims, murdering Jews like this is a deeply religious experience. Indeed, the acme of religious ecstasy. Murder some Jews and you get to rocket into Muslim paradise. And you get to violently deflower 72 virgins, all of whom magically, this is heaven now, reconstitute the hymen afterwards so that the shahid, the martyr, gets to rape his victims violently again and again for all eternity. He, she and her sisters, and he will be drunk all the time, 24-7. In Muslim paradise, the streams do not run with water but wine, forbidden to believers in the one true faith in this life. And notice, uh, not a reference so far, of any Palestinian freedom fighters giving their lives for their ancestral homeland. No homicidal, suicidal freak has ever been heard shouting in his final moments before he murders long-lived Palestine. He always shouts out Allahu Akbar. But don't point this out to Israelis, who call our murderers Palestinian terrorists. Both words uh, deceitful, wrong. There's nothing Palestinian about any of these assassins. They speak not a word of this ancient nation's indigenous language, because there never was an indigenous language by these imaginary people. Uh, no one in the major cities of the world that are home to great restaurants featuring different kinds of national cuisines, uh, but not one of them has a restaurant serving Palestinian cuisine, because there's no such thing. And no less, an Israeli misperception is the... Uh, Second word here, Palestinian terrorists. These killers are not terrorists because there's no such thing as terrorism. It's another word Israelis like. 
For an ism, commonly, is an ideology. It's a matrix of ideas pushing a specific agenda. While these killers do not murder us for the sake of terror, it's not their ideology. In any case, uh, terror is an extreme fear, a feeling, an emotion, and feelings are not our enemy. The enemy is what causes this feeling, and the enemy is Islam. For Islam, these homicidal and suicidal maniacs do what they do. They murder Jews and kill themselves in the process. And Israel only harms itself by seeing them as Palestinian terrorists, Palestinian patriots, whose patriotism is rooted in the belief that the Jews stole their country from them. For example, the MSM here on the right even describes these horrors as a pigua, an attack. The massacre in Bnei Brak of four Jews was described as a pigua. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett spoke of recent IDF invasions and incursions and killing in Jenin, declaring, quote, Israel will hold to account anyone who has any connection, direct or indirect, to these attacks, piguim. Also described in Israel, Hayom, yesterday, were the, quote, riots, the rioters, rather, Purim, in Shechem, where they vandalized and damaged the tomb of our Joseph. When was the last time the Jews did something similar to a mosque? Never. We Jews and these Arab Muslims are very different people. But mainstream Israelis don't want to see that or don't see that. Even the best of our journalists uh, write of fanatical Islam when the adjective is superfluous and even misleading. This behavior is mainstream Islam. In our time, academics such as Daniel Pipes foster the words Islamism and Islamist, which spread a false picture by implying there is placid Islam versus violent Islamism. Some of their killers uh, are also called Palestinian militants, when more accurately they should be described as Muslim murderers, indeed anti-Semitic Muslim murderers, which is arguably redundant because Islam is fueled by its Jew hatred. Unlike Aaron, the brother of Moses, the greatest older brother ever, for harboring no jealousy towards his younger brother, whom he recognized as someone very special, no jealousy, Ishmael uh, harbored, by contrast, a murderous hatred of his kid half-brother, who merited the riches, spiritual and material, of their common father, Avraham. In this episode, Yiddishkeit overcame the genetic habit of men, who have a special relationship with their firstborn male, as with no other child. And not coincidentally, uh, this is how Moses described the children of Israel to Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 4, verse 22. God favored the nation of Israel as if they were his firstborn special son, an idea Christians later plagiarized in the persona of Jesus as God's only son. As Isaac, Yitzchak is described during the binding of Yitzchak, three times.
everyone. This is Andrea Semento from Jerusalem inviting you to drop everything and join me on my show. Pull up a chair. We'll visit this week's quirky stories, meet fabulous guests, and discover my Israel. Together we'll laugh, shout, and explain the topics that make us say, hey, we've got to talk about that. So get comfortable and pull up a chair with me, Andrea Simento, every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. So I happen to think Israeli journalism would benefit if Palestinian terrorist was replaced by anti-Semitic Muslim assassin. And our leaders like Bennett and Gantz would jettison, should that as jettison their view of the enemy as the Palestinians invented by the anti-Semitic Marxist Oslo peace morons led by Yossi Balin, Ron Pundak, Shimon Peres, Yitzhak Rabin. Not coincidentally, Jews who hated religion in general and therefore never had the understanding of the role of religion in the murderous attacks against us. On Sunday night, the security cabinet decided to build, rebuild, 40 kilometers of fencing and barriers in Judea and Samaria that have been neglected and full of holes, through which uh, currently any Muslim itching to get to paradise can sneak through. This is the way to respond to their murders. Um, both the uh, B'nai Brock horror and Tel Aviv's last uh, week were perpetrated by such invaders. Religious Jews, who were right about the folly of the Oslo fantasy almost three decades ago, uh, they protested this first step on the way to creating a so-called Palestinian state. Uh, M.K. Orit Struk said, this is not a security fence, this is a border wall. Addressing um, uh, Bennett, Naftali, you have no mandate to define the land, close quote. And in response to her, Secretary General of the once dominant Labor Party accused her party, the Religious Zionist Party, uh, this was Aaron Harmony, Hermoni, the name is. He accused the party of sacrificing the lives of Israelis to advance a political agenda, close quote. Sorry, it's a religious agenda. This party, he said, prefers to abandon Israel's security for the golden calf of politically isolated settlements. The cabinet's decision to rebuild the security wall is an important step in the war on terror and one that millions of Israelis are begging for. Only a separation from the Palestinians will ensure a Jewish, democratic, and secure Israel, close quote. And I think this is an excellent specimen of the kind of toxic thinking employed by the Oslo nuts. Uh, give the enemy Judea, Samaria, and Gaza, and the enemy will be satisfied. That's all he wants. They're just like the Zionist pioneers wanting just a little state. So Palestinians given Yesha... Judea, Samaria, and Gaza, uh, made Judenrein free of Jews, and they will be happy and want no more. Though anyone who thinks this way does not stay current with the enemy's media, it is self-deluding uh, for Israelis to entertain this dream of peace. And never mind, it is their dream and not that of the so-called Palestinians. Israel should never have recognized, as Menachem Begin did at Camp David in 1979, these people as Palestinians. Labor Party honcho Aaron Hermoni wants to separate from the Palestinians because he believes, first of all, that they exist when they never did. In the penultimate chapter of my book, I focus on the role of the Israeli left in creating this fictitious nationality because, as Balin and Livni said, if we call it a religious conflict, there can be no peace. So let's call it a political conflict between nations over some real estate, and then we can have a nice compromise. They 
What arrogant fools Balin and Robin and Perez were to foster the idea of Palestinian people who are known for only one thing in history. The Jews stole their land. The problem with the crime of the Israeli left is that it fostered this fake history, which turns the Arabs into our victims, who deserve compensation for the suffering we Zionists inflicted on them. And one major enabling factor for this uh, Israeli behavior was the absence in these leftists of a truly Jewish identity, that is, a religious identity, which shamelessly says that this tiny country is rightfully ours. They couldn't do that. It's central to our identity. Our Bible contains a thousand years of Jewish history here in this land. We are called Jews after Judea, the name uh, of these hills on all maps in history, until the 1970s. It was a uh, dark omen when the other week, Prime Minister Bennett stood with the anti-Jew Jew, uh, Antony Blinken, and referred to Judea and Samaria as the West Bank. In Auschwitz, the German Goy deleted our human names and burnt serial numbers into our arms. And this is another example of hostility to us Jews. Eren Chelmoni wants separation from the Palestinians. And never mind, this country is simply too small to create another nation-state here. It's simply absurd, worthy of Lewis Carroll's Wonderland. Lincoln wants the two-state solution, which means evicting a half million Jews from their homes, and never mind, he never says what will happen to them. Where will they go? Who will pay for transporting them away from the homes they paid for and made their lives in? We know of the trauma in 2005 of doing this to 10,000 Jews in mostly Gaza and some in the Shomron, and the two-state solution cultists must be forced to face the truth that Israel will never do that. This is uh, a fact of history, the fact of our history, the persecution of Jews, in which in every generation some have been ordered by Gentiles to uproot themselves and go live someplace else. This is the end of the Broadway entertainment Fiddler on the Roof. The problem with Israel is that it does not act like an imperial power, which it's accused of doing, when it should. It should begin by broadcasting the shameless belief in our right to rule in this land that we have brought back to life. Israel has never, ever publicly declared the right to call the land that we have since 1967, west of the Jordan, to be rightfully Israeli territory, when it is. And this is weird, since proving that is a piece of cake. For starters, just check out the San Remo map on, on, of 1922. You can do it on Google. Secondly, Israel has the right to keep this land that, took, that it took in battle from an enemy who used to use the land to war against Israel. In a word, Israel has assimilated the anti-Semitic understanding of the conflict here, which calls for peace between Israelis and Palestinians when Israel should reply, these people are not Palestinians. There's nothing Palestinian about them. These are Arab Muslims, and certainly they do not lack for statehood. In 1948, there were already seven independent, officially Arab states, most born out of the collapse of the Ottoman Caliphate during World War I, and yet no Jewish state early in the year, until one was declared and has been fighting to stay alive ever since. In 1948, then the ratio became seven Arab states, Muslim states, and one Jewish state, and since then, that ratio has ballooned to 21 Arab states, to still only one Jewish state, and Israel has to put its foot down and declare the Arabs do not need a 22nd state, which they plan to uh, expand over the entirety of the Jews' ancient homeland. 
Israel has to re-engineer the narrative so that the Muslims are seen as the true imperialists and we their tiny victim. Instead of calling the Muslims in Judea and Samaria Palestinians, how about calling them Muslim colonists? For that is a far more honest and accurate description of who they are. These murderers shouting Allahu Akbar as they sacrifice more Jews on the altar of their own pagan spirit. On the bright side, on Sunday, the government took a baby step in the right direction when it appointed a team to formulate a new policy of depriving the families with Israeli citizenship, one of whose sons has committed an act of horror against us, deprive them of their social benefits for the crime of their family member. Of course, the anti-Jew left will howl about this collective punishment and tongue-lash Israel for its primitive, uncivilized ethics, to which Israel has to respond that when one of the Muslim murderers murders a Jew, uh, his victims include the family and friends of the victim, they suffer big time, and so should the family of the murderer suffer. When I say that's still not enough, Israel needs a death penalty to be implemented within 24 hours of a crime, a violent crime against us, and legislation calling for the expulsion from the country of the family of the uh, killer. Israeli citizenship should be in Gentile hands only on condition that the Goyen question behaves himself. I believe that instead of spending a huge amount of money on repairing the security fence, fence, spelling all violent Muslims and their families will be a far better determinant and one certainly a lot cheaper. And when world anti-Jewry, Jewish and Gentile alike, insists uh, that a, a Muslim arrested for terrorist activity be punished with prison, Israel must answer that prison is a Gentile idea and not ours. Listen to our ignorant and uneducated foreign minister, Lapid, ignorant for being uneducated, who said, quote, terrorists and their families need to know that there's a price for hurting innocent people. The state of Israel will come to settle accounts with anyone who has a direct or indirect connection to terrorism, close quote. Again, instead of saying there's a price for hurting innocent people, how about saying for hurting Jewish people? This country came to life to answer the need for a haven from homicidal Gentiles, and this was before the Holocaust so that the worst crime a Gentile in this country can't commit is any violence whatsoever against us, a Jew, against us Jews. Lapid spoke of terrorists and their families when he should have spoken of Muslims and their families. Mi 
Shalom, I'm Leah Aharoni. Join me on my show, News from the Torah. Each Sunday, we'll use the weekly Torah portion as a prism for understanding the news today. Listen to News from the Torah to gain clarity about the times we're living in and to understand your own spiritual path in the process. News from the Torah, every Sunday on Israel News Talk Radio. Yes, Israel has to rebrand itself as the proud, entitled owner of Judea and Samaria with the right to do whatever we want with the enemy people living on our land. In July 1945 at Potsdam, the capital and largest city in the German state of Brandenburg, directly bordering Berlin, the three victorious Allied leaders, Truman, Churchill, and Stalin, gathered two months after the end of the war in World War II to discuss what to do with the new Europe. Now that Nazi Germany was history, and one decision was to order some 10 million ethnic Germans living in the countries that bordered Germany in 1939, overrun by the Nazis, who assisted the Nazis when they came in. Uh, and the uh, victorious leaders said these ethnic Germans in Czechoslovakia, Holland, France, Belgium, Belgium, etc., uh, should go live in the new truncated Germany, become refugees themselves. They were told they would not be compensated for the loss of their immovable property, their homes, businesses, athletic clubs, churches, etc., as punishment for their betrayal of their non-German neighbors, who would really truly beside themselves with angry bitterness. I think uh, the Czechs admitted to their people killing some 15,000 ethnic Germans after the war. Uh, the Germans who fled their wrath and entered the New Germany said it was more like 250,000 who were killed after the war in lynch mobs. Now Israel does not have the political clout, the power to remove the Arabs here from our midst, which does not cancel our right to do that. We have to live with this reality and be smart about it. You know, after the American Revolution, colonists who did not want to lose their status as British subjects likewise abandoned the new 13 states for Canada, for British possessions in the Caribbean, some went back to England. John Adams famously had said during the Revolution that roughly a third were rebels who made the revolution, a third were indifferent or undecided, and a third were opposed. So the total number of those who left uh, could have been considerable. Uh, what Israel has to do is shed any responsibility for the welfare of these people, and no less wisely in the future, not only reject the nonsense of their being Palestinians, but legislate a new and truly apartheid system of laws dividing the people here, not according to skin color, but religious, religious affiliation, with the Muslims singled out for the simple reason that Islam, when objectively judged, and in light of 15 centuries of oppressing and humiliating us Jews, this is a form of Jew hatred. In fact, on Sunday, 
one of the leaders of the Arabs here, Ayman O'Day, head of the joint list, posted a video of himself at Damascus Gate telling Arabs with citizenship who serve in the security forces to quit them. And literally he said uh, they should throw their weapons in the faces of the occupiers, meaning the police and or border police, with its many Druze as well. Reported was his anger that the uh, series of raids Israel has made during these attacks into Janine in response to this string of murders uh, in which our boys, the bravest men in the world, have had to kill any locals who resisted their search and seizure of those behind the recent massacres. O'Day spoke of the need to band with our people who fight for their freedom. And, of course, our people in his mouth meant membership in the same nation as the Arabs in Janine, not the Israeli nation in whose parliament he serves. Which brings us back to uh, Labor Party Secretary General Iran Hermoni, who wants separation from the Palestinians to ensure a Jewish, democratic, and secure Israel. Close quote. This is more Israeli misperception of our reality. It's, it's simply impossible to uh, govern a Jewish and democratic Israel, not when 20% of the citizens are Muslims who simply cannot identify with the Jewish state, not when their primal identity is with Islam, a religion that calls for oppressing and humiliating Jews, which religion sees in Jews uh, the evilest people in the world, and according to the Quran, public enemy number one of believers. Here was Ayman O'Day basically identifying with the Muslim murderers, not with fellow Israeli citizens. He called Israelis present in Jerusalem and elsewhere as occupiers who must end their occupation, which includes surrendering the Western Wall and the restored Jewish quarter, requiring the eviction of all the Jews there, as they had been evicted in 1948. I think Ayman O'Day must be expelled, as Ismi Bushara who spied for the enemy in 2006, fled the country, and has never come back. For sure, many will say uh, expelling him will only irritate the Arabs, and I say just the opposite. Israelis have been trying to meet these people over a compromise for decades now with no success because Muslims do not permit success. In 1937, the Arabs were offered a serious plan for yet another Arab state, but because every one of these plans since then contained the continued existence of a Jewish state. Every plan has been rejected because the destruction of the Jewish state is far more important than creating another, a 22nd Arab state. Theodor Herzl, in his two books, suggested practical measures toward building a state and, in the second, the fantasy of a successful finished product versus the absence of similar planning by so-called Palestinian nationalists which is another reason Israel has to stop supporting the anti-Semitic fantasy of there being a Palestinian nation with national rights here. After all, the two-state solution was the wicked handiwork of atheists, Rabin, Perez, Balin, Pundak. And as such, uh, it was doomed to fail for its blindness, the essential religiosity of our violent neighbors. Israel needs leaders who publicly renounce the so-called two-state solution which my book proves would uh, actually mean a five-state solution. The two-state solutionists uh, were anti-religious from the get-go, anti-Jewish, virtually anti-Semitic, and Jewish leftists uh, among them, uh, versus what Israel should be, a state shamelessly and guiltlessly trashing the very notion of Palestinians with political rights while waiving the right of the Jewish people and only the Jewish people 
to sovereign ownership here and to rule all of the land west of the Jordan, which official Israel could strengthen its claim by noting that this is still only 53% of the classical map of Palestine. Well, uh, this is likely to have been my penultimate podcast on this website. I'll be off next week and then for the final podcast the week after. And before I go, I will leave you with a riddle. Imagine you are a baker and you have your own bakery and, and one day a man walks in, sized up your work, asks to sample a certain cookie. You give it to him with a smile. He tastes it, smiles, and walks out. The next day he comes in and repeats the behavior. He asks, can I have another taste of that same cookie? And with a smile, you hand it to him. He bites into it, smiles, and walks out. The next day he comes in and asks for a taste of the same cookie. And you probably now will not be smiling when you let him have the cookie. And he walks out. The day after the fourth day, he comes in and asks for a taste. What do you say? Okay, that's it for this edition of Phantom Nation, generously sponsored by Floridians for the Safety and Security of Israel Institute that organizes great pro-Israel rallies in Miami, whose email is floridians4israelinstitute at gmail.com. The music you heard was by Daniel Javiel and Gabriel Hasson, and we conclude, as we always do, with Yosef Korduner. Until two weeks from now... So, Laila Tov, Shabbat Shalom, Chag Sameach Pesach. Until then, I'm Shai Ben Tukoa.
If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 